Great coaches ask great questions. Days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else. Hello and welcome to On It, Not In It, the interview series. I'm your host, Todd Eppert, and today I'm joined by Matt Gregory, who is the Managing Director at NAI Ohio Equities. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to kick us off with a brief background as to who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Todd. I greatly appreciate it. Um, so, my background, I actually have a marketing and technology background. Uh, I went to Ohio State University in the late 90s. And when I graduated, I actually got a full-time job working in marketing for the brokerage that I'm working for now, NAI Ohio Equities. Uh, early 2000s, if, if people remember back that far, the world was kind of transitioning from traditional marketing to digital marketing. And that's really what my background was. So I did digital marketing for NAI Ohio Equities for my first four years in the business. Uh, and then I transitioned into becoming a licensed salesperson. So I've been doing uh, sales and leasing. Uh, I specialize in office sales and leasing within the brokerage world. I've done that for about 15 years. And then just this past January, I took a promotion to be managing director of the office. So now I'm looking over the 25 agents that we have and hiring them, training them, helping them problem solve, and also while doing my own book of business. Um, and one thing that we've always said, being a boutique uh, brokerage as opposed to one of the publicly traded ones, is that we come from the angle of having an entrepreneurial mindset. We don't try to fit a square peg in a round hole. We really want to create custom solutions for our clients. Yeah, that's great. And that's uh, that's the basis for my first question, obviously. So thanks for sharing that. You know, some people might hear, well, he's part of a company. He's not really an entrepreneur. Well, that's not the case, right? You took a leap to be an entrepreneur. So my first question would be, what was the spark that said, instead of staying in that kind of corporate marketing role, you said, I'm going to leap and start my own business inside of another organization? Yeah, for sure. So I think the um, what I was experiencing in the marketing department is that the sales department kept taking me out on the road uh, to do listing presentations. What a lot of people don't understand about the commercial real estate world is the harder part of the business is gaining the listing or gaining the client than it is actually selling or leasing the real estate. And so back, like I was just saying, when we were transitioning from traditional marketing to digital marketing, some of our um, uh, older agents hadn't had experience with selling in the digital marketing world. And so they were taking me on these listing presentations with them to help sell uh, in this new digital world. And we were having a high success rate of, of turning uh, opportunities into listings. And the owners of Ohio Equities came to me, uh, I believe it was 2006, and said, hey, you know, you're, you're, you appear to be a natural salesman. Have you ever thought about getting in sales? And, and I really hadn't at the time. Um, you know, I, I hadn't thought about being a commission employee. And, um, but they, they assured me that one of the hardest things in getting started in brokerage is the on the job experience is the, the learning curve it takes to build um, the, the, the market knowledge and um, learn who all the players are and learn all the jargon. And since I had done that in the marketing role, I, I was able to hit the ground running when I made the transition. So that's really how I got started. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so yeah, so uh, oftentimes it's either a customer or in your case, it was actually an employer who kind of pulled you into the entrepreneurial space and said, why don't you do this? You've got some natural gifting in that space. So, so you went and took the leap around 2006. So I'm going to take you back in time and think about when you were first starting up. Uh, what are some common misconceptions about running a small business and how did you address them? Well, 
I mean, one of the common misconceptions is once you become your own boss, that you get to make your own schedule and, you know, you have the freedom of, uh, you know, doing whatever you want, whenever you want. And I suppose while that's true, you're not going to have very much success if you, you know, choose to do more leisure activities or all the fun things and don't do, and don't do the grunt work. Um, you know, you have, like I was saying earlier, you, you have to do, um, you know, your every job within the company when you're a small business owner getting, getting started. And so you can't turn down, if you want to, you know, have any opportunity and have a high chance of winning that opportunity or closing or actually having it be fruitful, um, you know, you have to put the hours in and you have to be smart with your time. You know, you have to learn what's important to do outside of normal business hours and what's important to do during normal business hours. Um, so I, I would say that's one of the, the, the biggest misconceptions is that it's great being able to make your own schedule. That's not always the case, at least early <laughs> in my career. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and so, yeah, so what you're talking about is oftentimes when we start a business, uh, we get busy in the business. We become the technician. We're, we're wearing all the hats and we're doing all the work. And so it's really easy to get stuck in that that downward spiral. Of, I'm, I'm trapped in my own business. I started this business to have freedom and now I feel like I'm a slave to the business, right? Yeah. Um, sure. And so now you've been doing it for a while. So how do you maintain work-life balance? Because over time, I'm sure you've gotten better at it. So again, what are some personal habits that you've developed to keep that work-life balance and maintain that I control my schedule mentality? Oh man, that's a great question. I mean, I, first of all, I don't think anyone has a one-size-fits-all solution, um, and it's ebb and flowing, and you're constantly having to learn, um, you know, from from prior experiences. I think the main thing is you have to be diligent in doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it. So what I mean by that is, you know, the more, um, you know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a golfer. I'm not a big golfer. Uh, but you know, if you're going to, if you're going to golf two different rounds a, a week and you do that during normal business hours, it's definitely going to put your business behind. And then you're going to find yourself needing to catch up at night or on the weekends. Um, you know, and, and from a vacation standpoint, same thing. If you, you know, oftentimes one of the, the um, benefits, like I was saying before about being an entrepreneur is that if you want to travel, you can travel. And if you have a business, where uh, you can work from the road, then then it affords you the, the luxury of being able to go out of town more often. Um, but once again, you know that work you have to get caught up on that work sometimes. So if you, you know, if you're only trying to um, work during normal business hours and you're only trying to have fun outside normal business hours, um, you still need a time to catch up on things. So here's here's what I say: when I'm on vacation, some people like to turn off the work um, completely. I don't like to 100% disconnect because then I feel you're just behind the eight ball more when you get back. So I like to check in for maybe a half an hour, an hour in the morning and a half an hour or hour at the end of the day. Same thing when you're golfing. I'm not going to put my phone away for four or five hours. You know, I'm going to, you know, maybe check my phone at the, you know, when I make the turn for, at the nine hole mark. Um, you know, if I'm going to, um, you know, a kid's activity, you know, maybe I, I schedule a conference call on the ride on the way to the kid's activity. And then maybe, um, you know, if there's an intermission or something, you, you check in during that five minutes in the middle. But if you completely check out completely, you're going to be behind the eight ball when you get back. That being said, I'm a big believer that you need to be present in whatever, present in whatever moment you're in, whether that's in a business meeting or whether that's in a kid's activity. Um, so I don't think I completely answered your question, uh, but my main summaries are be present in whatever you're doing, but don't be completely checked out of what you're leaving behind when you're not when you're not checked in. Yeah, no, I, I think that you did answer the question. So that, that's really good. So what you're talking about there is almost you're compartmentalizing those two unique parts of who you are, the worker person and the the husband, father, uh, golfer, whatever it is you do personally. 
and you're blocking specific time to say, hey, when I'm when I am doing something personal, I'm going to I'm going to take a little bit of a, a space so that a I don't stress when I'm not looking at it and wondering what's going on behind the scenes. But I'm also not coming back to a tornado because I didn't do anything while I was gone. Yeah, so that's, great. Yep. that's fantastic. So so you mentioned in the very beginning that your career kind of launched because of this transition in marketing, which was an industry transition. It wasn't a necessarily a specific thing to, to real estate. It was changing for everybody. So there's constantly evolving business landscape. We, I mean, we just went through a pandemic, which changed things significantly, um, obviously. So, so how do you stay adaptable to change and remain innovative? Well, first of all, you have to be open to change. Um, I, you know, and I think it's human nature not to want to change. I mean, everyone gets comfortable and set in their ways. But the same way we were just talking about life-work balance, I think you also have to balance, I always say, old school and new school. You can't completely go new school all the time, but you can't forget about old school. Uh, at our office, we call it back to basics. You know, there's a reason why old school techniques work, but it's more about evolving those old school techniques to work in today's world. Because if you're only doing the innovative thing, you're only doing the cutting edge thing, you're going to forget about the principles and some of the things that have made, you know, your company or yourself or businesses successful for the test of time. So it's blending those, those two things together. Um, I think it's important to, um, I, I was just in a meeting this morning and I was giving an old school technique that I wanted to frame the conversation with, but I said, don't be afraid to challenge me. You know, I think it's easy for someone that is set in their ways um, to say, this is the best way or this is the easiest way. But I think when you have that collaboration and you compare the pros and cons between the way that you've always done something that's tried and true against what the new technique is, and then try to find that, to find that blend. Awesome. So kind of grafting new ideas into the old ones and not making yeah. significant sweeping changes, but making yeah. them gradually. So yeah. great. Love that. Love that. So uh, thinking about the future now, uh, can you offer us a glimpse into any future plans and goals that you've got in the business and what you're trying to accomplish in the next chapter uh, of your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, that's a great, um, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning in January this year, I took a promotion. So I've kind of been doing that uh, transition this year. And the hard thing in my in my world, uh, anytime you take a practicing broker and you convert them to uh, managing director, it's the balance. There's there's some people that just go cold turkey and they and they give and they drop their entire book of business and they only work on that you know that managing side of it. Then you have player coaches, and that's that's what I am right now. I'm still managing a portion of my book of business, um, but then I'm also managing you know the new agents in my office. So I think that that's, I'm going to continue to transition in that. The, the percentage of, of existing book of business I manage versus how much I manage is going to continue to evolve over time. Um, and then I think that the, ne the next stage of my business is going to be doing more business development for the company rather than business development for myself personally. Um, and that's going to be, uh, I don't want to say a challenge, but it's going to be a new, um, just a new thing for me because part of what I've, I've always sold is that hand-holding approach that I'm going to treat everyone like, you know, like they're my only customer with that white glove approach. And, and now it's going to have to involve a certain amount of a handhold of a, of a handoff rather to, um, you know, to someone else that's going to be the day-to-day -day main point of contact, but that assuring them that I'm always, you know, I'm still here in the background to, to main, make sure that make sure they're getting a high level of service. Excellent. Excellent. So, okay. So changing career path is also changing what you're trying to accomplish. That's great. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think that's, you're, you're talking about moving to a, almost a higher level. You're becoming more of a, a provider for the organization rather than a provider for Matt, right? That's Correct. what I hear you yep. say. Yep. 
That's awesome. Exactly. So one final question for you, Matt, what advice would you offer to an aspiring entrepreneur? Someone's maybe just coming into the world of uh, starting their own little business, uh, whether it's as a 1099 in an organization or starting a whole new business from scratch. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you offer them? So I, I, I'm glad that you said to someone coming into being a new entrepreneur, because it, it's drastically different advice than I'd give somebody five, 10, you know, 15 years in. Um, and I'm going to say something that most people don't say, uh, and that is always say yes. You know, always take the meeting. Um, people nowadays, you know, you asked me that life work balance question before. People want to be so guarded of their time and not getting burnt out. And I think that that is important in the big picture. But when you're trying to get started, you have to build your sphere of influence. You have to build your brand. You have to build your reputation. And if you are being too selective, it's going to send the wrong signal. Um, and you also, there's no, there's no substitute for putting in the time or the or, and gaining the experience. And the only way you can do that is by taking every opportunity. Um, you know, I'm sure there's got to be some uh, limitations to that, depending on your industry. But you never know what a meeting is going to turn into or who you make an impression on. So the, the overarching advice is, you know, always say yes or always take the meeting. Yeah, that's great, man. Thanks for that advice point. And I think everybody will appreciate that because I think you're right. Aspiring and new entrepreneurs um they, they have a balance to craft and if they say no too many times they may never get their business off the ground so great point matt yeah yeah so well well matt thank you so much for joining us today uh, it was great meeting you and learning more about your entrepreneurial journey uh to everyone watching i look forward to seeing you in our next episode great awesome todd thanks for having me i really appreciate it yeah thanks matt yep take care